Welcome to Think Like a Podcast, sponsored by Alabama Association for Gifted Children. The purpose of the podcast is to explore different professions and to find out what it really takes to be successful. I am your host, Dr. Shirley Farrell, and we hope you will join us each month to listen to a conversation between myself and a professional in a career. Now on to the episode. In this episode, we have a young adult novelist, Roger Reed, with us today, and so excited to have him. I've read his books and love them. Uh, welcome, Roger. Good to be here, Shirley. It's good to see you. Good to see you as well. Um, I know you've got three novels out, Longleaf, Space, and Time, and they really focus all on uh, one main character, Jason Caldwell. How did you come up with the idea to write these books? Well, um, when I was, um, you, you know, I was writing a natural history public television program for many years. And uh, when, my, when my own kids were um, in fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, I, I noticed that the, the things they were bringing home on, on, their, on their reading list were there's some really great material but none of it was set in the real world here in Alabama that I was working in. And so I thought I might try to do a fictionalized account uh, of what I was doing for the TV show. And that's where I came up with the idea for, for Longleaf. And, and you know, Longleaf was the first because I, I grew up in Huntsville. I grew up in North Alabama with all those deciduous, big broadleaf trees and the Longleaf ecosystem was entirely a new world to me. And it was right here in the same state where I lived, you know, a fascinating place and, and yet not so far from where I, I grew up. And um, so I set the, uh, the, the story there and I wanted a, a, a protagonist that was at this time about the same age as my, my own children. And um, I made him a little older than they were at the time. And it, it seemed to work out that way uh, kids like to read up a little bit, I think, and uh, they like to, you know, read about somebody that's just a little bit older than than they are. Yes, and right. and just to clarify, in case um, anyone listening out there, Longleaf refers to our Longleaf Pine ecosystem. Hopefully, everyone knew that. Um, so you base this um, really on your own kids, which I think is exciting. How did they feel about that? Uh, well, they. They enjoyed it. My 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 my, um, my daughter at the time was heavily into the Harry Potter <laughs> novels, so yeah. that probably dates this whole thing. <laughs> but uh, I, in fact, I would read her. I, I'd never written a novel before. I'd done. A, I've been writing for forty years. You know. Well, now I have it thirty at the time, and um, I, I had not done a novel. So I read. Um, her a chapter I'd write a chapter I'd read it to her and if she wanted to hear more I would I would read and write another chapter and that's kind of the way I worked myself through the, the first book and um, um, so I, I, I used my kids heavily as as influencers if, if you will well that was your audience so that was a, a wise choice um, I know you have space which I'm assuming has to do something with Huntsville then well, that's true. I grew up when I was Jason's age, and this is true. I, at 14, uh, the observatory, the uh, Conrad Swanson Observatory on Montesano Mountain, 
I grew up going there as a kid with a friend of mine, uh, uh, Louis Lanier. And, and uh, I will tell you, his dad used to drive us up there at night on a Friday night, come back at two or three o'clock in the morning and pick us up. And I had no idea what that man was doing for us until I had children of my own. You know, the, <laughs> the sacrifice yeah. he was making. But and then uh, my friend Mitzi Adams, who um, um, is at NASA and who was with on your podcast just a, a uh, I guess in February um she she helped me uh, get back in touch with the folks at uh, the observatory and um and she also vetted the material in the book for me and I like to tell Mitzi that if there's anything mis any mistake found in space it's her fault you know <laughs> But but it was fun. I, I, what a connection that we've had. Go ahead. You're hearing me okay? Go ahead. Uh, but yes. uh, I, I, I actually wrote the story and set it at that observatory before I went back to the observatory after 30 years. And the, it was amazing when I first set foot in the observatory after 30 years, the smells and the, it was the same. You know, it was a marvelous telescope. And once you've got a good telescope in an observatory, you're good to go for many, many years. So I think they've done that the last few oh, years. That is, probably done some upgrades up there. But, uh, that is so exciting. And uh, what a connection that our third episode here still has a connection a, a bit to NASA and our previous two think like a guest too. And that was not intentional. <laughs> Your third novel is Time. So that one can make you think about where in Alabama it's located. What is the uh, environmental setting for this one? Well, the environmental study for this one is 312 million years ago. Uh, this is set at the at the Stephen C. Minkin Paleozoic footprint site, and I dare anybody to say that very quickly. Okay, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. Um, it, the, the 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 story of that site. Uh, uh, this is a trackway site. It's fossil footprints, and you know they say that um, if, you, if you find a fossil, what do you know about that animal? You know that animal is dead. And if you find, but if you find their footprints, you see how they moved in their environment. And here at the, the, the Minken site, uh, which is um, a little, it's up above Birmingham, a little below Jasper. Um, and um, you see the footprints of these creatures. You see uh, tail swimming traces uh, uh, where swim, um, fish came through the shallow area. Uh, you see evidence of hopping insects and flying insects. There, there are wings preserved, and the uh, uh, a lot of the um, um, the plants are also preserved in this in this rock. And so you see that, like the entire little world that they lived in, uh, in what um, you know, three hundred and some odd million years ago. This was um, in the what's often referred to as the Coal Age. And, uh, you know, it was stripping down to the levels of coal to mine the coal that revealed these fossils. So, um, and, and uh, 
There's a real interesting story about the site. It was my friend uh, Ashley Allen, who's a science mm -hmm. teacher. You know, may I'm sure you know Ashley at, from Aniata High School, and he went out to um, investigate a site to take his students for a field trip to look for fossils. And you know, he, he would go to make sure it was safe for them because it was an active uh, mine site, and he recognized the, the scientific value of these fossils and got the Alabama Paleontological Society involved and they're still involved. And um, it, it actually took an act of Congress to keep this site from being uh, reclaimed. You know, strip miners are, are bound by law to mm -hmm. cover up any evidence of there having been a mine. <laughs> yeah. And because this one was required by Congress to, um, um, to be covered up, the, the, the scientific value was so important that uh, um, Congress gave them a uh, gave them a break, so to speak. Yes, I've it's been a, there. It's a fascinating place. It, it, it's and uh, it's again, it's something I worked on um, in doing public television programming, and and uh, it, um, it was just just a fascinating place. It, it's a wonderful place. So. These are all mysteries that you write. So in order to help our listeners, in order to be a young adult novelist, what kind of education should you have in order to be successful as this novelist? You know, if you were to look back at my life now to where I started as a writer, it, you could probably draw a straight line there was nothing straight about it okay <laughs> there were zigs and zags and twists and turns and and you know it, it looks like such a linear thing um uh from from uh, where i sit now but um number one every writer says this and so i'm just going to repeat what every writer says you've got to read a lot and, and, and um, you know, I've written in a lot of different, uh, I've done a lot of TV, I've done radio, I've done a lot of different things. And when I'm getting ready to do something different, I read things in that, in that field. You know, I've, I've interviewed hundreds of scientists. So I have to read what, upon what they do. Now, uh, as far as educationally, to do what I do, the way that I do it, I, I have to say, you just, you got to learn just the basics. Just, you got to know where the, you, I can't, I still don't know where the commas go. I'll be honest about that. That's <laughs> a, <laughs> and where they went yesterday, they may not go today, but that's a whole other story. But basically, you know, you got to have basic command of the, of the language because you're communicating with people who are going to be reading that language. And, um, um, you know, if, 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 if I were speaking Spanish, I would have to learn that language. I, that's not a language I, or, you know, or French or, you know, I would have to know how to communicate in that language. And, and you know, uh, you know, here in Alabama, I speak, I, I speak Alabama. So, uh, um, but you, you, you just got to really start with the, the, just the fundamentals. And I was fortunate, you know, uh, even in uh, early grades of school to, get a pretty decent education there in Huntsville and, um, uh, and, and, you know, just continued on throughout my life. But it, it's, uh, 
it, you know, it, something struck me. Um, I, I had a great good fortune when, when, when space came out, I got to go back to the school where I went to the sixth grade and that's where we did the book launch. That was, that was just a wonderful experience. And, and Mitzi was there and, and Bob Armstrong, Tyler Snyder from NASA, the other people that vetted the book, my buddy, uh, Mark Haynes, one of the folks that vetted uh, Longleaf. We had this whole list of, of, of science people and, and me. And as I looked down that line of folks, um, it, I, I, it occurred to me the, the thing we all had in common was our curiosity. Oh. And I, I know from listening to your podcast with Mitzi, curiosity and 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 uh your second podcast with dr white alexander mm -hmm. she talks about her curiosity and that's that's that was the 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 thing that keeps driving us forward and not not one of us was born an astrophysicist we weren't born a botanist you know we, <laughs> we weren't born an engineer i was not born a writer uh, but, but a little bit at a time, I put together the pieces to do what I wanted to do. You know, you know the scientists put a little piece at a time, do it with what, what they, they want to do. And, um, but the gift, you know, you're, these gifted programs, you know, it's the curiosity that drives the, 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 the kids. And sometimes it's, it's hard even as a gifted teacher to, Keep ahead of the curiosity, it can run so fast. Yeah, yes, it is. And so with that curiosity means you're a lifelong learner. So do you think that probably a degree in communication or journalism might actually um, help support that writing career? I, I think that's probably likely. Okay. You know, I, I came, I, I, I know, uh, uh, Debbie Elliott, the NPR reporter, is a good friend of mine, and she, she's a gifted writer. You hear her on the radio a lot, delivering some very important stories. And her, her approach to interviews is entirely different than mine. She's a journalist, you know, and and uh, um, so I, I, I guess I. To, Journalists become novelists, and novelists probably become journalists, and they're different. You know, there are all kinds of different genres of of, of writing. Yes. Uh, I, I can tell you that when I was when when I was getting out of college uh, and in college, I I had this idea. It was intimidating because I read so much and I read so many good authors and. I thought I can never do, I can't do that. <laughs> and to this day, I realize, well, I can't do a lot of that. But um, I found uh, I found jobs writing. Um, my first real good paying jobs were writing advertising copy, and from that, it moved on to writing speeches for corporate executives, and from that, to doing videos and doing you know. Next thing I know, I'm doing a TV show, and and here we have these books. But um, you. To be a writer, you have to read and you have to write. And if you can find some, a, a, a job uh, um, that will pay you to do that, that, that's a that's a good way to go. I mean, advertising, um, you know, some people would think it would be beneath them to write write advertising, but no, you know, if it's paying the bills and you're getting some experience writing, that's not bad at all. 
and, and there, there are technical fields. Uh, you, you know, the, the um, you know, Mitzi, for example, they're, they, they're always having to write grants and proposals and things like that. I know that's probably making them crazy, but um, <laughs> uh, it, 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 it pays to be able to communicate in whatever field you're in. Absolutely. So I'm hearing, you know, the communication and the curiosity. What other kind of soft skills or characteristics helps you to be successful as a writer? Uh, shut up and listen. <laughs> Sometimes that's hard to do. Yeah, it can be real hard, especially for me. But um, um, you know, the, the, I feel like you know, I, I've, I've got these fictional characters, but I, I sort of feel like I never make anything up because I, I, I'm listening to all the time. You know, you know, yeah. I, I've been I've been around you in various places. You do that. You know, and uh, you learn so much more by keeping your mouth shut and just listening. And uh, the, the, it's important if you're going to write fictional characters. Um, and, and again, this is something I learned going way back to my advertising days when you'd have to write slice of life little commercials. Mm -hmm. You can hear a radio spot, for example, and every character sounds like the same. So that it's just one voice. Well, that's because one guy sat down and wrote this copy and it's just one voice. Well, if you want to make it really a slice of life, those voices have to use different words. They use words in different ways. They have to, you know, uh, they sound different. And, and you learn how to do that by listening to a lot of, a lot of folks, picking up on the words they use and uh, how they use them a little differently. Um, you know, than, than you might. So uh, it, there's a lot of listening involved. And, and that's, uh, um, I, I, I really can't, I can't stress that enough. But yes, and, uh, and yeah. I think with that listening is the observation as well. So you understand maybe different mannerisms and characteristics. So students can, or children or adults reading it, because I read them. Um, can visualize these these uh, characters and their mannerisms and things like that. I think you know you mentioned earlier you uh, used your children to help with this. You had Mitzi looking at it. I I think you probably have to be thick skinned so that when you're getting feedback from people, you don't take it personal, but you understand that they're trying to help you improve the book. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. And and that's that that's quite true. You got to have. I, I don't know if thick skin is, because I don't feel like I have a thick skin. <laughs> <laughs> I understand more, more of a more of a thick head maybe, but um, um, you know, there's a fine line. You have to have confidence in what you're doing. You have to you have to have some some trust in your own self in what you're doing. And then when somebody comes along and says, well, maybe this is not quite right, maybe if you looked at it this way. And, uh, and balancing that act, um, you know, um, so the ego and the anti-ego, it, it's, it can be tough. But um, um, I, 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 the, one of the most difficult things 
I've found in 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 low these many years is working as a writer is knowing who you can trust. Um, there's they're always the flatterers, and you you know you got your friend that they everything you do is just wonderful and blah 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 blah. It's all great. It's all good. It's like, you know they don't want to hurt your feelings, and well, that's fine, but that's not really helpful. Okay, <laughs> and then you've got right. the person that's always the critic and doesn't like anything, and you know, Bob, you know, they're just the opposite, and, and and well, that's not helpful either. And it's tough to find people um, that you can trust. Now, you know, I had my kids reading the books, so you know, they're going to tell you what they think. You know, mm -hmm. I, I I think I married well. I, I married a good <laughs> critic. <laughs> <laughs> so that helps, and I do have some some uh, some some good friends that I trust to tell me straight up, and 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 you know, uh, I, I I I think because I've worked in the um, with scientists a lot, mm -hmm. um, they're not used to having to pull punches, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> they can say, well, you know, this is right and this is wrong. You know, this is not, you know, well, maybe this is this way or not we need to investigate. So, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, I've been fortunate to, you know, like Mitzi, I mean, she wasn't going to tell me, she wasn't going to beat around the bush if if, uh, if uh, there was a mistake in the book. And there's some other folks at NASA uh, uh, and, and my, my folks that uh, vetted the, uh, the other books uh, also, yeah, they they were scientists. They, I, um, I, you know, the folks at New South were going to look at it from a literary point of view, if you will. But then um, I had the scientists look at it, and 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 like, like you know, Mitzi's uh, was and uh, more than happy to point out um, typos, you know, just anything she could find. It's <laughs> yes. great working with people like that that you can trust, and it takes a little time sometimes to figure out who they are. Well, I'm also hearing you've got different kind of um, people who are giving you feedback. So with your kids, it's that's your audience. So you're you're seeing how your audience would react. Then you got the technical part. So whatever um, environmental or science field you're talking about, you've got those experts helping you to make sure that's accurate because that adds to the believability or credibility of what you're writing. And then you've got the literary part as well. So huh, you've got to stay very open-minded to um, all the critics there. Well, fortunately, they're, they're, they're people, like I say, if you trust them, then you don't mind being open-minded as you, as, as, you, as you say, so. Absolutely. Well, you know, they're there to help you too and not just to uh, undermine what you're trying to do. So that's important. Um, so, you know, throughout this whole conversation, you know, you've kind of, you've never said, but you let it be known that you used to be on a, um, the writer, producer, uh, videographer, and, and probably, you know, everything except in front of the camera for this um, public television show that's an Emmy award winning. Do you want to go ahead and just let our audience know what it is? <laughs> Yeah, I, I'll say I was I was never the videographer because there are so many more people oh. more talented than that. But I, I was the writer, producer, director for Discovering Alabama for uh, 22 years. And 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 I tell you know this is the truth. Uh, that may sound impressive, writer, producer, director. I was all three because we couldn't afford three people. 
(laughs) (laughs) That's like being a teacher or working at a university or anywhere else. So the more you can do, the more you get to do. But I I was I was quite fortunate to to work with Dr. Phillips on on discovering Alabama for 20 some odd years. And uh, there there were a lot of a lot of shows and and. I met, well, you, for example, you know, yes, as a yes. result of that program and, and all the scientists, uh, most of them anyway, that vetted my books, uh, the, the ideas for the books have come from the experiences I've had working on Discovering Alabama. It's a wonderful, wonderful experience, you know. So becoming a writer doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have that um initial thought of doing it this could be something that stems from other careers like it has for you that's correct and, right. and you know the next the, the i guess the fundamental I, going back even to creative writing in high school i was a pretty good dialogue writer and i, I think that gets back to the fact that i was kind of bashful didn't say a whole lot so i was always listening so, so I did pick up on on the way to do dialogue, and that was kind of helped me in the in the advertising and in the uh, speech writing and in whatever kind of writing I, I was doing. And it got up to the point of doing TV, but obviously that's a big a big help. Uh, I was lacking um, in descriptive writing, so when I started to write the novels, I, I have I had to teach myself how to do descriptive writing and um you know that that i i did i personally did that you know in a lot of ways by reading the robert b parker spencer novels mm-hmm. the, 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 they're all i, I love the you know the uh, mike hammer and the, the you know mickey splay and all the all those mm-hmm. those types of mysteries and uh their quick dialogue and their uh, their uh, uh, statements of, of, of descriptive is just to the point. Mm-hmm. Which is, so I would read a f- couple of the Spencer novels to get that mindset of writing descriptively and quickly and so forth. And 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 except for the foul language that's in those books. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if you if you know that and you're familiar with those books, you can see that style in in my novels. Yeah. But uh, yes. so I had to I had to teach myself, um, um, and and that's how I chose to do it by reading books that that I that had that type of descriptive power. You know, the, you the, the, you've been in the Longleaf ecosystem. You know what a magical place it is. But Absolutely. To, but to describe it with words is almost, uh, you know, it's almost too much. It's 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 a sensory overload in there, and and uh, so um, it, it took some doing to figure out how to be descriptive enough without beating it over the head, so to speak. Yes. Well, it sounds like to be a successful writer, um, possibly getting degrees in communication, journalism, in those areas where you're going to be able to communicate, and then being able to think what came to my mind as you continue to talk is uh, the different perspectives so that you can form each of those characters, and then having um, the curiosity, continuing to learn and read, read, and then read again. 
Yeah, and so, I, I will say, you know, um, there are a lot of good writers out there that are physicists or then they're uh, uh, biologists and, uh, and come from all other walks of life. They, and and uh, sometimes I think if I had it to do over again, I might have looked a little more into the sciences because I kind of felt like I was going to be a writer anyway because that's just mm -hmm. what I wanted to do. And in spite of everything, <laughs> you you know, that's what I wanted to do. So, so it might have, um, um, I don't know. You, you, I, 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 in any field, you've got to be a good communicator. You, you, um, you, um, and, and, you know, as a scientist, you can learn a lot about communicating too. And, and, and so, I don't know. Now, I, I'm excited. I've always wanted to be a writer. But, um, you know, you've got to know that audience. And I know that it was a struggle for me for scholarly writing with my dissertation. I would much rather write to the lay person. But um, maybe one day, uh, what I've been doing, I'll be able to actually put out children's books as well. And for those of you listening, you know, just as a reminder, uh, Roger's books are Longley space and time do you have any plans for the future for our other novels well i i have outlines for well not really outlines i have notes i'll keep running notes on things i would like to do uh, a novel with jason and, uh, and and by the way leah the girl in longleaf um, mm -hmm. she really became more of a beloved character than Jason if you and uh, she, she's not in space um, because I wrote space while Longleaf was being produced and then when uh, space came out everybody seemed to enjoy it I mean it got a lot of good good coverage but they want to know where that girl was uh -huh. so in, in, in time I brought uh, Leah back so she and Jason are back together but um, I think I have to keep her in the mix mixed too because she was such a popular character but i'd like i would like to do something in the uh, um mobile tensile delta and uh, that's a, just a you know you it's a fascinating yes. place one of the most biologically rich places in a, in the world mm -hmm. and it's got plenty of plenty of um opportunity for danger yes it does <laughs> oh that, i i can't wait for that one and i i know it it'll be a while but um i i just I'm excited with that tease so our audience can keep their eyes open um, in the future for when you are going to have that book out. Uh, I, I just can't thank you enough for agreeing to be on the uh, podcast with us so that our, our gifted students and, and anyone listening can hear um, what it takes in the mindset to be a successful uh, young adult novelist. So thank you so much. It's good to see you, Cheryl. Good to thank see you, you as well. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Think Like A. Please email us any suggestions for a career that should be featured on the podcast at alabamagifted at gmail.com. See you next month.